Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast with Adam Hergenrother and Caitlin Frotland, where we bring you weekly insights into spiritual growth and business success. We had a wonderful question from a Project U participant, which is one that we actually get quite often and one that I actually struggled with early on uh, in my life and, 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 and frankly still do sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And this is the question of, um, well, this was the actual question from the Project U participants. Is how do you not feel lazy when you start to recognize your drive was coming from ego? Mm. I mean, it's almost like two things are at odds, like, or it seems like that spirituality and like doing things in the world and materialism, capitalism, like how do you even reconcile these two almost opposing yeah. things? You know, it's really interesting. The That question comes up a lot for a lot of people who start to go down this path and, they're, and the fear that shows up here is um, incredibly powerful. It's a motivator to keep your ego. Mm. And the reason why it is, is because people, they, they stop and they take a look around and, they, and they're still, remember, everyone's still so connected to the fact that the outer world is what currently turns them on mostly, right? Most of the things that they do, if they become successful or make money or I'm driving towards a specific goal and I hit that goal, it turns me on that I can do to another goal. It's almost as if they can, they know that with their own will and drive, they can manipulate these things enough in the outer world to get this to an environment that they enjoy, right? Or that they they know how to make it happen. So at some point, when you start to go down this new path, you're going, every part of the old way of me turning this inner experience the way that I want it to was done through my drive outside. So if I if I stop looking for things outside to turn me on, again, if, if, if my goals in business or money or success or the letters after my name or the accolades or the leverage I can get from outside of that, am I just going to feel really lazy and not do anything, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, and, and it starts to, when you first, let me back up for a second too. Once you recognize that you're being driven by ego, you have a choice. You can continue to stay on the same path that you are. And there's nothing wrong with that choice. You can t- continue to stay on that path, just knowing that there's always going to be this part of you that knows this is false. And I think that's what drives people to go through this <laughs> ridiculous process of trying to get yourself to a state that you can feel inner peace. Because it's really hard, isn't it? It's the hardest thing you'll ever go through. I mean, releases, relaxes, personal growth, spiritual growth is so difficult. And there has to be something inside of you that is going, there's something more, there's something more. And that's why people start to even look in this direction in the first place is because they're going, man, I, I, everyone told me to go out and get these things and I got them or I became successful, whatever that kind of definition meant to you. And you, you did this and you kind of like, I just don't feel it though. There's no tree in my backyard giving me this juice that I thought it would. So what's the answer? And then what starts to happen is, is once you ask that question, it starts to orient yourself a little bit. And then the ego or the self-concept, by the way, starts to become fragile in that moment. So what it does is just like anything fighting for its life, it starts to go, oh, Caitlin, you know, though, if you go down this path, you're probably just going to sit in the woods somewhere. Right. right. Like, or you're, you're going to lose all of everything you've built. That's the first voice that I heard, right? It was like everything you built, people are going to think you're a loser or that you, you know, not a good business leader or that you're nothing who you thought you were all these different. That's the language it starts to use. Cause it really starts to pull your strings, mm. but it's re- you got to be really careful on this part because it will, you'll go, yeah, that's right. Like this, and then it'll start convincing you that your drive is the reason why you're successful. Mm. It's like this massive shift from one way that you've been living your life to just even questioning 
like, oh, is this the way I feel like the ego then jumps in with an extra loud voice to keep you where you've been? Yeah, it's like if you think about it, if somebody's drowning right in the water and, and you know, know the whole rule of like never go out there with that flotation device because people that are drowning will drown other people because mm-hmm. it's not their fault. It's just they they have, they're so out of control trying to stay you know afloat that they, they end up drowning both people unless you have a flotation device. And it's, it's almost in this case, the, re- the ego can start to recognize, remember this, you know, can start to recognize that its own fragility, that it's only there because you're giving it energy. And so therefore, if you start putting your energy, your light, you know, this, the term light of consciousness, right? Your consciousness is a light, right? And so whatever you put it on, it gives it energy. Right now we're staring at our self-concept, which is your ego. Mm-hmm. which is so fragile. But think about the, even the word self-concept. It's a, it's not real. <laughs> it's mm. not. It's a self-concept that is created. And the only way it can stay afloat in this analogy is if you keep it afloat. So the minute it starts to feel that you are going to remove it somehow, it fights for its life. Mm. And that's why it's such a shapeshifter. That's why so many people struggle with this. And it, they're not wrong that their ego did drive them to that success. But what people don't recognize, and this is kind of like the punchline that we'll unpack it, is what gets replaced by that drive is raw inspiration or creativity or enthusiasm. And I always ask people, I said, well, what if you woke up with just the most intense enthusiasm that you've ever felt in the, that you've ever felt before? Would you sit in your bed? And they go, well, of course not. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's the exact same reason. It may, your outward life may look different because it may take you into a different direction, but that the, the juice for life is just nothing becomes stronger. And on top of that, there's no, it's not built on a false sense of itself. It's not built on a false serenity. It's not built on this concept of if I go do this, it's just pure mm. and it doesn't end because it's just there. So like, and, and the good thing about that level of energy is it doesn't matter if you actually get your goal or not. Of course, the goals are great to hit and it's fun to have success in things that you're doing, whether you're playing a sport, whether you're learning music or whether you're building a business or whether you're an employee having a project, those are all fun things to have success on. So it doesn't, that just becomes, wow, that was really cool. And, and, and if it didn't, you go, wow, I learned a lot from that, but it doesn't take your whole psyche with it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the, is it from the Bible that says, don't build your house on sand? Yes. So it's like, you're building your house on something stable so the projects can come and go, the goals can come and go, and your contentment, your inner peace, your joy is constant, yes. but these other things can come and go yeah. rather than building it on the things that come and go, and then that means your yes. inner peace, joy, and contentment. Yeah, well, I mean, most people build their, you know, the, like the Bible says, don't build your house on sand. It's almost a metaphor for your life, too. Like, if you build your whole life, not just your business, but your personal life, your relationships, you know, your friends, your finances, right, all of those things on a way that I need the world to be some way in order for me to feel secure. At some point that'll blow away. Cause even if you have all the money in the world, you could still, somebody could sue you, somebody could happen to you. Maybe I'm not the richest person in the world anymore and that'll take you and suffer. I mean, um, uh, Michael Singer talks about how he's met with many of the richest and wealthiest billionaires. And he, he said one of the common things they get is like if they see themselves on a Forbes list at some point and they're not the same thing as they were before, it really bothers them. Like they suffer just like anybody else would suffer. Mm. And it's, it, I just use that as an example, but that could be in business. That could be in as your parent. Like you think like your kids need to be a certain way and they don't op- operate in that way or they're not in the sports or they're not into music. Like you were in the music and whatever it is, you just start suffering at some level. And that's because you built your house on sand because at some point you can't control those things. Mm-hmm. 
and it's the same thing in your businesses, which is like, sure, you can do a lot of things to help support the outcome and get it the way it is. But at the end of the day, somebody has to lose in sports, right? There's, there has to be a winner. There has to be a loser. The cool thing about business is not everyone has to, to lose. And we have this kind of concept in our business, which is win, win or no deal, mm -hmm. which is that in business, people, somebody doesn't have to lose for you to win. That's what I love about business. When you go into a sport, it's different. Everyone knows that there's going to be somebody that wins, somebody that loses. I don't think, I mean, in terms of like who actually won the football game or who didn't win the football game, but both, all of them, you know, I, to me are winning and because they're doing right. those different things, but in business, it can be differently, which is why when you set up goals in business and do different things, if it's, if it's driven from this, this place of not needing a specific outcome for you to be okay. It's not that you don't need the outcome for your accountability, your goals, the success of the company. So remember, that's such a small difference. Like having a company that is highly accountable to revenue, matching expenses, to, you know, to certain procedures that you have with how you develop individuals or protocols that you have in your, in your organization, those are all fine. Like they're all part of the, the, the process of building a business. But if you don't need those things to turn, to make you feel whole inside, then you're not tied to them that way. You still, it doesn't mean you still don't go after them. Does that make sense? Like you just, people, so in this, in this whole quest of, if I start going down the spiritual path, will my life look different? Probably. It may not too. I, you know, I've said this for a long time. Spirituality is never about changing what you're doing. It's about changing the part of you that's interacting with it. So if a different part of you is interacting with business, you still, it still may look identical. You still may show up in the same way. You still may be a teacher. You still may be a business owner or an employee or whatever that is. But now you're showing up with this, this lack of need for your job or your role to fulfill you. Mm -hmm. Instead, you're showing up now with pure inspiration, creativity, enhancement, right? Joy, like a lightness to it. And to me, I don't care if you're a leader or an employee or anybody, you you find yourself in a much better situation if you show up that way. Yeah, because rather than looking to get joy yes. from other people or get contentment or whatnot, yeah. you're seeking things in others, you're now sharing that yes. with others. Yeah. You're becoming a source of that for other people. Yeah. And and again, if you think about like raising the moment up so the moment is better off for having passed by you, that's that's what you can do. That's what you can focus your aim on, right? Is is something different beyond that. So the the um, the answer to the question, you could start to feel lazy. I think that's part of the process because it's almost as if the ego wants you to feel as if you're not going to succeed. Mm. So it is just key for people to hear that. Like it's not uncommon for a lot of people who start going on this path going like, what's the point of this all? Like, why am I even doing this? And just remember that is part, that is all ego. It's the voice showing up in there. It's just trying to get you to go a different path. So either a spiritual bypass or a different path altogether or to give it up just so you can maintain on it. It just fights for it. Let's just say in every, man, it's just, in every moment you can see that it's just trying to get you to put light on it. Once you see through that, right, and you're recognizing like, okay, this is the ego's voice and, you know, I can see that this is not wholly accurate. Do you find that the next phase then is actually becoming more disciplined in yeah. some ways? And I'm... Really, or for I think this is a good question for you because you were always disciplined before you got yeah. on the spiritual path. Did you actually find that you became more disciplined once you were on the spiritual path? And what does that look like for other people that you've seen go down this path? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, for me, is I, I actually got more. Um, well, I feel like I, I described it one time as like a circle. For at least for my experience, was when you start to go down the path, 
there's a part of you that wants to be spiritual and maintain your business side so that you can say, look, I'm tying the two together. And I think that was a little bit more ego than I anticipated it was in the beginning part of my life um, when I started going down this path. And it's almost like it dropped down. Then it got to a point where it's just like, I'm going to, you know, forget about business and I'm just going to go like talk about spirituality and different things from there. And then I found to me, for me, that was more of like another way of the ego trying to control you, right? Just in some way, it would just try to grab you and be like, oh, you've already had success. You don't need to do that over there. You can, you can just go do this over here. It's almost as if it was trying to get me to pay attention to it, just in the way that, in a way that it thought it would be able to maintain some semblance within me, right? Mm -hmm. That's really what it was. And then once you recognize that that's a, a ghost in itself too, you kind of look past that and you come full circle and, and you start to realize that it's really not about whether you're building a business or not building a business or whether you're a parent or not a parent. You just start to see through all of it and you start to see the holes and the story that it creates. And that's kind of where I'm at at this point, which is just like you, you start to see all the, 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 the miss, the lies that it starts to, to, to share. And so whenever it starts to talk, the process that I do, at least currently, which is just, I just, I go, oh, there it goes again. Just again, trying to paint another picture for me so I can go after it. And I do the best that I can to relax and to release and then to allow that to just move through and then act with clarity. So that could be like, for instance, like I have to do a work trip and I, the first part is like, well, you don't need to go on that. And then I was like, you, this is the first thing. And then the mind was going like, well, you don't need to go on that. That's during this, that's during that. It's all these different things. And once you relax that, then you, the clarity comes through and goes, well, why don't, and then it's just, it just shows up. It's not a voice that comes in there. It just, you just, you see the next logical step in it. Mm -hmm. But that's why people make, you know, struggle with decisions so much is that they're, they're still, the voice says something and then they, you put up, you do a, a mental movie inside. It's like you try it on to see how it's going to, how that experience, if that were to live out, how would it make you feel? And then whichever one makes you feel the best, that's what people go after. Mm -hmm. Understand that is all made up. It's all made up based on, which is why it's so different for everybody. It's just made up based on whatever experiences you've had in your life that have either turned you on or turned you off. You, you, you use those as a way to build a framework and go, well, I didn't really like New York, so I'm not going to move there because when I was seven or 11 or 15 or last month, I went there and you know, I didn't have a good experience. So therefore, I'm never moving there again. You could have had a 15 second different experience there and you could have said the exact opposite, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by the lies or the holes that it says in there. You could have flown there and you could have just all of a sudden somebody picked you up in a, in a limo because you, you won something, right? And then all of a sudden you, you had the best seats in the house. <laughs> Next thing you know, New York's the best city in the entire world. I'm moving there tomorrow. Yeah. Versus getting a delayed flight and showing up and not being able to find a taxi. In two events, you go, this is the worst city ever. And so. Yeah. It, that's what I mean by just, it, you build these experiences and then it just takes those experiences that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy instead of in the moment actually just under, oh, like, you know, I'm late. Oh, wow, I got a limo. Like you're not allowing either one of those scenarios to then dictate your future decision-making, which is what is why people struggle so much in decision-making because, you know, painted two examples of those, but think about that your entire life, that's what people are storing. And then they're, they're building their next action plan based on their experiences, which are so limited, mm. right? You know, it's, it's, I was having this conversation with an employee earlier um, there, we were going, we were working through something and I said, you know, to understand for a second, all of earth could disappear and the universe wouldn't even blink an eye. Mm. Like, I mean, every single person, every single thing you've ever known, earth could just disappear in a heartbeat 
and I, like I said, there's a bunch of snow. If you can see in the video behind us, I was like, it would be like literally one snowflake removing. Would you tell the difference out there? Wow. Yeah. And and it was there. You're like, right? No, it's, it's it wouldn't, right? It just wouldn't. And that's so. And sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves of like how we make decisions. Let's just stop for a second. The entire universe could just be like, oh, you know, there's Earth is gone, and just it would literally be like a snowflake outside, just gone. Yeah. Nobody ever noticed. Right. So you don't do that as like a, like a way of being like, oh, wow, like what's the point of doing this anymore? It's just, you should have more lightness to it and being like, there's just something you're doing while you're here. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be here anyways. And that's why, you know, um, you and I were, were watching a video earlier, but it was just like, it reminded me of that. You're just a spiritual being having a minor physical experience. The physical experience could be gone in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. right? For all of us. And, and yet we're still there, but the universe in itself won't even recognize the fact that earth is not even here. Mm. It sounds to me like it just, and I think in my experience, but like it takes more energy to be committed to being on a spiritual path because you're constantly trying to watch your mind, let it go, relaxing and releasing. Like all these things take will, energy, focus, commitment. I mean, we have the future self tool that people use, but like waking up and saying like, refocusing on like, what is my purpose? What is my intention today? Like all that to me is the opposite of lazy. I think, I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. You actually become more disciplined and focused, Mm. right? That's why people, I think like, people that are that have meditated for 12 hours a day and then you know then found a different way of spirituality they can bring in there they have so much willpower and so much focus that they can bring to that that allows them to actually do this work because and that's why i think business leaders and high high achievers can consult or high or athletes or right or movies and it goes for anybody i'm just giving some names that require jobs that require intense discipline right to be able to bring to get an outcome well, it's, you have to bring that same level of discipline to your to your inner state, to mm-hmm. your personal growth. And if you bring that into it, right? I think Adi Shanti was a professional bike racer, right? And like again, is like an athlete, and he and he said that gave me the ability to sit on a bike for six hours, and it gave me the will of, of for discipline. And he's like, I brought that into spirituality. And that's one of the reasons why I still to this day love sports so much is because it's it's you're, you're fighting the mind, right? You're, you're overcoming the mind saying, slow down, stop, this hurts, right? And so you're, you learn to start overcoming that and you bring that in other parts of your life, become actually more accountable for your actions. The other thing is, is once you start seeing this clearly, you also start to recognize when you're following your self-concept or ego. Mm. And so therefore, you know when you're out of alignment easier. So therefore, you can't, if there is like a little inner police station in there, you know whether or not you should put yourself in jail or not. Like you know willfully when you're going, I know this really isn't right, right? Like, but I'm gonna go ahead and, and make up this thing anyways. Or I'm gonna tell this little story over here to make myself feel better. And you know you're doing these things. And it's like sometimes you can't even stop it, but in the moment, it's there, but you start to have more accountability and more appreciation for people of why they're also going through things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way it's all, again, they start to see, I always like to think of it as like a bunch of holes in a piece of paper. You start to see it more clearly. And the more the holes start to go away, you can see what's behind it. Yeah, that reminds me of two things. One, Michael Singer, he, I and mean, we've talked about on our team and kind of like, who does he choose to do interviews with? Because he does so few mm-hmm. interviews. 
And one of them that he did was with Danica Patrick, yes. the race car driver. And yeah. he explicitly said, you know, I'm doing this because I know you got to a level of discipline to be yes. able to train and perform at that level. Um, and so I wanted to talk with you because I know you've done all this discipline type yes. work beforehand. And I think he also said that with somebody else. Um, I'm forgetting her name, who's the actress who then did a PhD in psychology. Yeah, and his point about, is yeah. like, yes. you were performing at this high level in the world. And on top of that, you did this PhD. And now, you know, we're yes. talking about this. And so just interesting that it's it does really feel like it's the opposite of being lazy. Yeah. Um, yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, he actually said the, the funny thing is the first time I ever met him was the, in person. That was the first thing he said to me. Mm-hmm. He goes, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because you've built such a high level business success that you have. So, I forget exactly the words that he used. You have such a, you, you have such a, it takes, it requires so much work and ethic that you can put towards that, that if you just take that same attitude towards your personal self, mm-hmm. then you'll, then you're willing to do it. And then, and then his second vice was always live below your means, right? That was the second part of it. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's like, you don't actually feel lazy. There may be a, uh, I don't want to say you don't feel lazy. What well, you may actually, because that, again, that's all part of the process though. And I think when people are asking it, they're actually feeling lazy, which is why they're asking the question, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, I just got this glimpse of me not wanting to show up for work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's really scary. Yes, it is. But that's when you start to really practice the relax and release. That's when you go, I can surrender and be in the moment. So while my mind is saying, don't show up for work, go do this over here, you still show up. Mm-hmm. That is the relax and release right there. Mm-hmm. That is when you actually start to have to really apply this. It's like, and while we're on, on Michael for a second here, in his book, Surrender Experiment, that's one of the things he talks about. When he moves to the woods, he wanted to be by himself. Everyone started building houses around him. And he, was, he said his mind was going ballistic the entire time of how people would dare to do this, how they're doing this. And he surrendered to the whole thing, right? It's the same, again, that you go, well, that's easy in that context. Well, it's no different than you and your business situation you're going through, Mm. which is the same thing. If your mind's going ballistic because it's telling you to do something that you know you probably, whatever it is, and instead of listening to it, you start to relax and release. It's like, you know, when you're dealing with your kids and your mind starts going, well, they shouldn't operate this way. Okay, well, maybe it's kids being kids, right? Did you opt this way at some point in time? Maybe as a seven-year-old, maybe that's part of their process. So you just start to go, okay, there's the whole, that's what I mean by there's the holes in the stories that the mind tells. And the less that the, the stories can grab you, the more you can feel compelled to seek the truth in, this, in, the, in the moment, which then brings more light into what you're doing, then allows more inspiration and joy. And what will happen is you'll start to go through this cycle, which is once the mind starts to, if it's ballistic at a nine, starts to go down to an eight, seven, six, and this could be years, as it starts to go down and down and down more, you start to feel more natural energy. And the, the word, the way I like to describe natural energy, which is it doesn't come and go based on what's happening outside. They also call it the, the peace that passes all understanding, right? It's been, it's been documented as that. And the reason why it is is because you're sitting there and, and things may not be going well and well on the outside, but you're feeling intense peace and you're going, how is this even possible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because for the first time, you're not being, you're not um, attached or tethered to something outside to turn you on. You're just turned on inside, regardless of what's happening outside. That's why they literally call it the peace that passes all understanding, because your mind will understand why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's part, and then that as that starts to leak in more, then joy or inspiration can start to show up. But there's also people that I've met that have gone through journeys like this and they've, they've been in one career and they've gone to the other. It doesn't, it doesn't, they didn't stop working. I think there's the, the, the quote, I forget who said it, but it's not like you retire from life. You may retire from a role. 
And I think that's, I always used to love reminding ourselves of that is you do retire from roles. I mean, I think about my own career. I mean, I worked at McDonald's when I was 15. I mean, I retired from that role, right? Mm -hmm. I was a you know teenager at one point. You retired from that role. You were in college at some point or high school or middle school. You all retired from those roles or, you know, labels of times you're in. And, you know, I was, I've had, you know, a couple different jobs before the one that I'm in now. Right. So you always retired from those roles. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't retire from life. You just retire from the roles and things that you're doing. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it reminds me too, just of, this is a little bit different, but how Yogananda said that he wanted to die with his boots on and he did. And it's like some of the highest beings have, I mean, Gandhi, he was working in, I mean, his whole life was for yes. his work, you know? Yes. And actually he said that yes. um, when somebody asked him for like a message to send back to a village, it was a reporter. He said, can I take it back a message to like share with people? And he, um, I think he wrote it down on a piece of paper. He said, my life is my message. Yes. And like his whole life was his work. Yeah. Um, but in, not in an ego driven way, obviously yeah. in a way of service and yeah. um, making life better for his whole entire country. Yeah. I mean, Ramani Maharshi, right? I mean, when he came in to really teach the transcendental meditation technique, I mean, he traveled everywhere and worked basically. I have a um, uh, Dr. Smith who who trained with him at the highest level, like one of his direct individuals for for years. He would just say he never stopped working, and he wasn't. He's like, it's he would caution me. It's like not the way that work is used in today's context. Mm -hmm. He was just spreading his message. He was mm -hmm. doing the things that he was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's, not, it's it, people may retire from certain roles that they played, or as you go through this process, you may find that, you know what, like maybe I was working too much for an identity role and, and something, and you start working as being a parent, right. Better. I, I'm just, I'm not telling people any, they should do that, but or maybe you've been, you know, you've been playing the roles of natural energy to go do this. And so I want to go back into being an accountant, right? Like mm -hmm. to help people tell the stories of their numbers, right? So it's just, you st it, it, it's not one way or another. It's almost irrelevant. It's just that the more work you do here, the clearer, that's all you can say is whatever path is designed for you or whatever clarity that you need starts to show up way more mm -hmm. in this, in that natural enthusiasm comes in and that inspiration. And it just starts to bring you to the next decision that you that you need to make or the next you know opportunity to kind of raise the moment up. I think there's another quality too that it's kind of coming up in this is that it requires in a way a lot of bravery, a lot of courageousness because um, in that moment that you were describing where the ego is talking, talking, talking and it, get, it wants you to do what it wants you to do and you have to say like, no, I'm gonna face this fear. I'm going to relax and release. I'm going to be willing to feel this energy, even if it's really, really painful. And that requires a ton of courage. I mean, I think. Like, yes, of course. You don't yeah. have to think of it. You know it. Yeah. You go through it. I mean, yeah. that's why you're speaking from experience. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, look, when you're used to listening to that mind to tell you what to do for your entire life and you start to not listen to it, it's incredibly scary. Mm -hmm. That's what people should, should take anything away from this. That's it right there. It's the minute you you orient yourself a different direction, the mind's going, you're not paying attention to me. How dare you do this? It doesn't say it like that, but it starts going, your life's gonna be ruined. Why would you go down this? You're gonna give up everything. I mean, that's literally what it starts saying. And you're going, it's right. Mm -hmm. Everything's, and then you go, I'm like, oh, I can't do this anymore. You know, we've had people in Project U that have stopped after a session or two uh, because they're like, you know, like I'm just, I, I've, I'm gonna go concentrate on work or this isn't my right thing or not the right time for me or whatever it is, only to come back a year or two later and go, I need to do the whole course. I recognize now 
that I was just really scared to go through this next change. And I didn't know how to actually say that. Mm. And then they stay in and they stay for a year or the same thing even might start to happen. They, they, they would come and say, well, I feel this Adam again happening. Like how do we, and then you work through it just like we just did there. But it's, it's, it's so people just need to understand the minute that you've, you've repositioned yourself and start looking a different way. It doesn't mean you quit your job or quit being a parent. It doesn't mean that you, you know, you don't do that or you do do that. It just, it just means that, okay, I'm going to stay the course, but a different part is going to interact with life. That itself will bring you to the next page. It'll bring you to the next path because you're actually now getting yourself out of the way and then showing up and being an accountant, showing up and being, you know, and, and leading a marketing team or you're showing up and being the best parent um, that you can be in that moment. And then that itself is how you just, you link moments together and then it'll just ultimately start to unfold. And when it unfolds and it hits your stuff, you do the exact same thing. But this is why practicing, relaxing, releasing at such a, for the small things that you know, you can still maintain a center of control in there. The driver in front of you or your phone not being charged, your kids not doing the things they want to do or somebody not recognizing you for an email that you sent or whatever, something small that really is inconsequential. That's when you go, this bothered me, but I can start working here. Because then when you get to these bigger things, if you can't work on the small things, you can't let go of these smaller things, there's no way in heck you're going to be able to do it in these bigger things. In fact, when they get so big, you don't even realize you're even a choice. Mm -hmm. You're so glued to it that you wouldn't even, there's not even a separation for you to even recognize that it is even an opportunity for you to relax and release. You're still just so glued to it. Yeah. I think that that can almost be a trap sometimes too, because you can know like, oh, I can relax and release on these little things. Oh, I've got that skill. And then something big crops up and it's so hard. And you're like, either this is not working or this is different, but it's really the same. But it's just that the muscle needs to be stronger to yeah. be able to handle those bigger things. Yeah, it's just like anything. So if you're going through this and you are hinting at the fact that maybe this is going to make you lazy if you go down this path, there was there's actually one other thing I'll say to you. Um, so sitting in my office, there was a time, I think it was years ago, I think I've shared this with you, Caitlin, before, but I was sitting there multiple times and I... I got this like sense of like, I need to let like dive into be reborn is a better way of saying it. But it was, I didn't say it that way. It was for me, it was just more of like, I need to really let this fear go and just being willing to kind of go into the fire almost like, like as like, you know, the, what is the story of the Finks, right? It goes in there and like it rises up, right? From the ashes. From the ashes, yeah. right? Like it's almost like you just need to be willing to go into the fire where it is really scary and let go of this old concept that you have of yourself in order to see beyond yourself. But in order to see beyond yourself, you have to go through one of the scariest moments you'll ever go through. And actually I've heard other spiritual teachers talk about it as like the annihilation of the ego is the scariest part of your entire existence. Like, and that's when it starts to really crumble. It's like, um, I think there was an analogy that I, that I heard before. It's like, if you are in a garden, and a lot of people do the work by plucking like a leaf from the stem or something, right? That's like their first start. And it does work. Then that's what like it weeding. is. Like weeding. Yeah, yeah. You just grab like a, just like a, it's just like you just grab like a little leaf or like a, like a, a leaf on the stem itself. And then as you get a little deeper, you may grab the branch and pull the branch off. And as you get a little deeper, you may grab and snap the, the weed at the, so you can't see it anymore, mm -hmm. but the root is still there. So then it grows back. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, that third step of an annihilation or, or dying to be reborn, as if many people have said before, is like scooping in 
and grabbing the entire root system and ripping the whole root out. Mm-hmm. And it takes so much more energy to, and effort to do that. But once you do, it just, it comes out. So um, at some point you'll, if you stay on this long enough, you'll be faced with that. Do you feel like the ego is the ultimate limiting belief? Because I imagine a lot of, of people listening yeah. have worked through limiting beliefs. Yes. And so the, the ego is like yes. the ultimate. I think that's a great way of saying it. It is, right? It mm-hmm. is. Because it is the only one that's telling you that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Or it's the only one that's telling you. It doesn't show you all the lies. And just just stop and remember that it is a psychology has coined this for a long time. It's a self-concept. It's not real. I mean, you've literally created it based on this. And again, we did that New York example of just small experiences that you've then stored away. And that's what you built your concept of who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and then you maintain that. And that's what you're doing your entire life. And then you wake up one day and you go, whoa, like, hold on a second. Like I've, I've been making all of my decisions based on this thing that's not even real. I understand you have the experience, but what you did is you had the experience and you either liked it or didn't like it. And so therefore you're missing the totality of all the other experiences you've could have had. And that's why when you, when you get into deep personal growth, it's not about having one experience. It's about your current state of consciousness. It's not about having an experience of enlightenment. That's great. You had it for that moment, but where are you at now? It's all about removing that so that it becomes a permanent state of your being. So then you can truly enjoy and not be afraid of anything. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is just to be able to wake up, not afraid. You don't fear life. 99.99% of people, whether they admit it or not, wake up afraid. Mm. They wake up afraid of life. And there may be days where you're not afraid of life, but the majority of it is there's, there's always a background thought that something's going to go wrong. Right, even the to-do list is a like reflection of having to control things. It's on the exactly right. World, they're you know? they're waking up at some level of being like, I don't know what's going to happen in the world today, and, and and I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want something to happen to my kids. I don't want to get hurt playing a sport, right? I don't want to like be embarrassed giving this presentation. I don't want to say something I shouldn't, or you know, I don't want to have to stay up late. I don't I don't want to feel tired. It's just, everything you're doing. You're just afraid of life, and instead you just wake up and you and you just. You just ask yourself for just one day, I want to be able to go through my life for one day not being afraid of anything. And then that's your ultimate absolute state of freedom, which is that you can walk through the world undisturbed, meaning anything can happen. You, you can appreciate it. You can honor the moments. You can understand the moments. And they, it doesn't mean it's going to happen the way you are, but they're just, they're just, you become a free being. And that's the states of consciousness that you continue to live in. So again, if you're feeling this, this know it's all part of the process. It's normal. And now you do the work to every time the mind says, you're never going to be successful. You're not going to do this. What are people going to think? What is your wife or your partner going to think? What are your kids going to think if you don't have money? Because that's where it's going to go. It's going to go right to your points and says, well, your kids won't be able to do that. Or you won't be able to maintain this lifestyle. And you go, well, I got to maintain this lifestyle. You have to be willing to let all that go. You have to be, and I don't mean let go like you just let that go. I mean, you have to be willing to let the noise go, then show up. Right, you're letting go of the fear, yes, not letting go of yeah, those you don't things. Let, you don't have yeah. to let go of those things. In, I, in my experience, the, the more you let go of those things, the less you need of those things. Mm-hmm. The less you, then you start to recognize again, as we started this conversation, is when you recognize that your ego is really driving everything, you realize the reason you had X material item or whatever it was, was because of the ego. And then you recognize, you go, at some point you wake up and go, well, I don't need that anyways anymore. And, or you may, you may enjoy it too. But in my experience, there's been a lot of those things where you're like, I just don't really need that anymore. And it, it was like the fear of not being able to have that was preventing you in the first place. And when you come over that side of the next level, you just wake up and realize you don't even need it anyways. It's just, mm-hmm. 
So again, you, you said it very well, but the ego is the ultimate limiting belief. Would you say relationships have gotten deeper because you're not showing up with your ego, so then you're showing up to like truly connect and serve and um, be helpful for like the relationship or whatever it is as well, because I think that's a fear. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm gonna lose people. Yeah. But um, it seems like people, the depth of connection can also grow deeper when you're not coming into a situation just trying to take um, or get your well filled up. The deeper you get within yourself, the deeper you're able to get with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the more surface level you are with, with yourself, the more surface level you are with other people. Mm -hmm. And so the, the short answer is yes, but it's why is that? Because you're actually approaching any relationship or conversation, not trying to take anything. And you're truly just sharing what you're, you're here for. And it doesn't mean you're gonna show up exactly like somebody else wants you to. That's the whole, it's the funny thing about relationships. Anyways, it's a whole other conversation, but it's, yeah, you do, you start to, but it's awesome just for relationships. It just, and we'll end on this note, but it's really, it's actually about every moment feels that way. It's not just the people you know, it's the people you don't know. It's the people you see driving in a car that you have no idea who they are. You just happen to see by and they were smiling and you like that every moment gets deeper. It's, it's, it's not just reserved. I know you're asking a question from that particular space, but it's not just reserved for people that you know or certain moments. It's every moment gets, has more depth to it. And the more depth that it has, the more you experience it, which then puts you on the spiritual side.